Welcome to Back Chat, where we talk about the background and backstories of our worship and community as Lutherans. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Dan Smale, Senior Pastor at Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Glenshaw. And I am Wendy Ferrone, a member here at Bethlehem and producer of the podcast. The topic for today is We Are the Church Beyond Sunday. So we're recording this podcast from a remote location, really remote. We're gathering at North Park for something we call Fit Church. You may be wondering what being at North Park to walk or kayak or play a game or wiffle ball or ride a bike has to do with church. Well, we're going to find out. All right, Pastor Dan, I get the fit or exercise part, but what does being in North Park have to do with church? We don't have to be inside the walls of the church to be the church. When you think mm. of the word in church, you in church you have to think about where we are, what it means to be worshiping, how we're encountering others and engaging our neighbors. So it's a lot more complex than just waltzing in and sitting in a pew. So when I think of church, when you, I hear that word, I think of a church I grew up in, uh, which is First Lutheran Church, and it's it's really a neat place. It's where my kids did vacation Bible school. I directed that for a couple of years, and where I got married. That's just my church. My kids were baptized there, so a nice memory. Well, and I think, again, if, if I had to share my memories of church, and I was honest, I would say that most of them were centered around a building, mm -hmm. a place, mm -hmm. a structure, because that's where everybody gathered. But there is more to the word church than just that building or that structure. We're out in the middle of this park, and there's people everywhere. Yeah, so, so you're going to hear that in this <laughs> podcast. In, in hope. Or a plane overhead. Right. That's right. So I looked up the word um, church in the Blue Letter Bible. There's an app on my phone. In the Revised Standard Version, the term church appears 73 times. Well, that's a lot of church. Uh, we've established that often we think about the building when we think of church, but there's got to be something more to it if it's in there 73 times. Absolutely, there is. And I have to say, we are currently, even here, sitting in the park, having this conversation, participating in church. No, I don't get it. So you're going to have to explain that to me a little bit. The church are the people. These people that come together in the spirit of Christ as the body of Christ. Now, the biblical understanding of church is not building. It comes from the Greek word ekklesia, which really just means an assembly, a gathering of those who are called. In other words, the church is the people, not the building. And we just had Pentecost we did. a few weeks ago. And, you know, that's the celebration 50 days after our Lord's uh, resurrection that the church refers to. As the church, the followers of Christ coming together, kind of getting their commission as the Spirit descends upon them and empowers them for their work. But it's really about the gathering of those people. It says pretty clearly they were all together in one place, but it's about the people gathering as opposed to the place. We always re remember what happened to those folks there and not so much where they were. Okay, yeah. because we mentioned in the last podcast that there were people who have uh, had church in home in home buildings, we could have church. We are actually in the middle of this field, and so it's about it's about the people, correct, rather than the actual building itself. So when we gather here for Fit Church, we're talking about the people, the body of Christ, just getting together. Yeah, absolutely, and we're engaging in a pretty serious um, event that involves stewardship, stewardship of time, stewardship of self. We study. Uh, we read at the end of the evening. Folks walk around, some kayak, some bike, some fish, some hike. We, you know, we mentioned that stuff earlier, but those are ways that 
they not only care for themselves, but also participate in the glory of God's creation. So in their own way, as they engage in those activities, it's worship. It really is worship as they look beyond themselves and appreciate what it is that God has created in this space. Oh, I have to do is look around. It's gorgeous here in that later on we'll probably see deer come out. Absolutely. We hear dogs barking. You think of, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and you see, you, you see the deer kind of come out and they're nice to look at, right? Yeah. But if you're really engaged in this, maybe that psalm that talks about the, the deer panting for the water comes yes. to mind. So this evokes all kinds of images in our hearts and our minds that are edifying for us. Yeah, yeah. sure. So no matter where we are, we are still the church, the people. And I often hear being referenced when you talk about uh, us as a group, as the body of Christ. Yeah. So all of us are to seek fellowship and edification, churchy word alert, mm -hmm. right? What is edification? Yeah, you got me on two counts because I mentioned... I did, <laughs> you did edify. I, 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 I did. I mentioned the body of Christ yeah. as if that wasn't enough. Then I threw another one in there. This whole edification business. Well, right. let's, so let's start with the first one. The okay. body of Christ yep. it actually comes out of the scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for instance, says, For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. And so that obviously means that we are being joined together. And I think it's a wonderful metaphor because mm -hmm. our bodies are joined together. You look down at yourself you know, and you see this whole being, this whole unit that works in cooperation, the mind, the heart the limbs, all of this stuff is active, but it has to be connected for it to work properly. Uh, and so we, the church is the same kind of thing. It's a beautiful metaphor. And when you hear that metaphor, you get the very clear impression that we do need to be connected as people, whether that be through worship, through communication, through meeting, through service, and quite frankly, in other places of scripture, you hear Jesus being mentioned as the head, which is kind of really... Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's right. So that's kind of cool. The to, Godhead. You got it. So you kind of okay. you kind of see here that it's Christ that's driving all of this stuff, that, yeah. he, that he is the driving force behind the work that we are up to. Wow. Yeah. And so same thing for tonight. Why are we here? It's kind of fun to be together. It's kind mm -hmm. of fun to throw a Frisbee around. But at the same time, we're here because we are joined as Christians. That's as a family. As that's a right. family. Nice. And so edification. Let's yeah. get to that one. Let's get okay. to that one. Now, again, this has to do with a building, a structure, and it really means just to kind of pile up the bricks, to build it up, to make sure that the, the foundation is sure and trustworthy and that the, the first slightest breeze isn't going to blow that structure over. Same kind of thing. When we get together, we build one another up. But we're not talking about bricks and mortar. We're talking about our spirits. Nice. So when we share a kind word, when we sit down and study and you get that new insight or that, that piece of encouragement that comes from Scripture that somebody else lifts up, we're building one another up so that we can look at the challenges that are going to face us in the days ahead and face them faithfully. That's Excellent. Right. All right. So in other words, when we gather together in fellowship as believers of Jesus Christ, like here at Fit Church, right. we promote spiritual growth and development and we laugh. We do and laugh we, a lot. And we yeah. walk and we do other things. But we're developing the characteristics of uh, that God would have us be. He wants us to be together. And these types of opportunities give us that option, that ability. Yeah. And I think when we go back 
to the to the text to the to the Bible, we see all the time these references to community. That's another mm-hmm. word I'm going to throw at you, koinonia. Nice. Yes, but and that's mentioned 20 times or more in the Bible, and that's another another reference to this notion that believers in Christ are to come together in love, faith, and encouragement. That's the essence of koinonia. And here's the thing: the reason I mention this is because the really strong community takes more than an hour a week to maintain. It does. Well, you know, there's so much more beyond worship service. Worship service is like the the foundational piece, but the rest of it is the gravy. It is. It is (laughs) absolutely the great. I mean, that's when we kind of, that's when we get together. That's game time for us. So we get together and we worship and we sing with full voices and our Mm -hmm. hearts are in all of those prayers. That's like the, the high point of the week. But I think if we stepped back from that and kind of looked at our life together, if we had some way to add up all of the emails, texts, calls, um, stops at the coffee shop that we share in the course of the week, people would be pretty surprised about, yes, about just how connected we really are. The the worship time is just the pinnacle of all of that relationship building that happens during the course of the week. So that when we walk in the narthex on Sunday morning, everybody gets a hug, everybody gets a handshake, there's tons of smiles. You have to understand, none of that happens. None of that happens. That kind of connection, that kind of community, that kind of passion and affection, and I use that word intentionally, cannot be present if we don't have those relationships and sustain those relationships beyond the walls of the church building. That's true. Excellent. So koinonia, that's that's Greek, right? Absolutely, it is. And so if somebody's looking for the word koinonia in the Bible, but it's an English translation, translation, mm-hmm. yeah. they won't see the word koinonia. No, they won't. They'll see community. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, or okay. gathering or something right. like All that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but if you get some kind of interlinear translation of the Bible where it's half uh, English and half Greek, yeah, you'll, no, be able to, you'll, be, you'll be able to pick it out. <laughs> yeah, you sure will. <laughs> You sure will. All right. So I guess we, capital W-E, mm-hmm. right, are the church all the time. And we're here in North Park on a Wednesday, not a Sunday. So therefore, we truly are carrying this past Sunday, but we are still with our church family. But what about when we are at our jobs or with family or friends? How do we carry how we interact with our church family into the interactions of people like at work, or clients or families and, and friends, like real world stuff? Well, that's the misconception that the way we behave at church is different than the way we behave on a Tuesday at work. Um, I don't think so. I think you practice like you play. That's true. Right. So I think what church does for us is, because here's how this works. Let me reframe this. Here's how this works. Everybody says, Pastor, you don't understand. In the real world, (laughs) I have to put on my business persona. In the real world, I have to have that tough outer skin or shell and, and really be a leader in that way, impervious to criticism and, and less sensitive, I would disagree. I think church is the real world. Church is the real world. And what we need to be able to say to those folks at the offices, you don't really need to behave this way. As a matter of fact, I have a bunch of friends and we get together all the time and we treat each other with respect and kindness. Amazing. It's, it is amazing. And you just can't <laughs> believe the things we accomplish. Yeah. And we amazing. have budgets that we meet, right? Sure. And programs that we facilitate. And I could go on and on and on yeah. and on. But that's the reality. The time we spend together as the church, that's the fuel. That's the fuel that can really drive us through the week, but also define our interactions, our performance, our accomplishments 
outside sure, of church life. It leads your spirit, right. and your spirit goes with you wherever you go. So we're called to be in fellowship with others. Okay, then what is the role or purpose of the established church, this organization like Bethlehem? You need a structure. And when I, I don't mean bricks and mortar, right? Okay. But I think uh, you need some kind of place where you have order, okay. um, some organization, some identity, um, a place where you can say, we have five people who are going to chair this particular event. Mm -hmm. So that in that way, all of the rudimentary kind of organizational pieces can find a home, some purpose, and some meaning. So that's why, and, and so, you know, obviously we have our congregation, but we're a part of a synod. 156 right. other or, or more other congregations. We're a part of a national church, um, 5 million members, wow. give or take. And those, all of those structures have judicatories or, or leaders. Judicatories? Or, yes, leaders or, or administrators <laughs> or folks who are, you know, engaged in some kind of oversight. You can tease me if you I, want. I'm planning on but, it. But, you know, the good news is, you're going to take some words away from these podcasts <laughs> that you can drop at the next I know. at the next party. I yeah. think I think what we're going to do is have a podcast on churchy words. Yeah, we can do it. Can do I it. have all kinds of material for <laughs> you. Don't you worry do. about. But that those kinds of you know, those kinds of pieces really are important. If you look at your local rotary, mm -hmm. there's an organizational body that, that drives a that framework way. or structure, sure. And so that kind of thing is just as essential for the church as it is any other kind of organization. How else would you get anything accomplished? It's absolutely right. Right. And, and, and where else is your support located? Where are your, right. you know, your funds? How do you drive your mission and ministry? Who defines mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. for you? Those are all questions that, that seem ponderous but need to be addressed if you're going to stick with something over the long haul. Make no mistake about it. From the earliest days of the church, there were leaders in place. Oh, sure. There was decision-making. Disciples making. were leaders. Absolutely. There was decision-making <laughs> yeah. that was happening. Uh, and it came from figures who had some authority to make those decisions. Sure. So we're not doing anything new these Excellent. days. Excellent. So our purpose is then to, to have a place where we all know one place to go at certain times with a financial structure and an organizational structure that um, allows for file keeping and, and keeping track of members and, mm -hmm. and all of those things. And a place, a, a body of Christ, which, which gathers together to ensure that the word is carried forward as it should be. Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So we're, we're teaching and we're in fellowship and we have a breaking of the bread and prayer. Four things that come right out of Acts. Okay. Very early on, second chapter, the church is just getting its start, and those are the, the four pieces that define that body. What were, we, what were we up to back then? There it is. Teaching, yeah. fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Okay. And the rest of the mission of the church all grows out of those, those four, four things. things. So how do we, we do the teaching part, I know. Address the purpose of teaching by Bible study and Stampdish and yeah. and uh, even Fit Church, right? Absolutely, Beyond because we Sunday. always have a devotion yeah. and a conversation at the end. We talk about some scripture. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And the second purpose of the church then is fellowship. We're doing that as well. Absolutely. We're by getting together, right having here. some laughs, having yep. a good time. So it's <laughs> it says in there that we are to devote ourselves to one another and honor one another 
to instruct one another, to be kind and compassionate to one another, to encourage one another, and most of all, to love one another. Well, that's an awful lot of one another's. We, we truly... Well, it is a lot of one another's, and we could <laughs> yes. go through and give you all those scripture references if you wanted to. Yeah, call me. But the neat thing is you start to dig through the Bible, mm-hmm. and you see just how essential that kind of language really is. It's all about the other and how we engage in these relationships that end up not only feeding us, but feeding our neighbor and, quite frankly, pleasing our Lord. Aren't we by nature self-focused? No. (laughs) Okay. Because like self-preservation? No. No? no. Okay, go. Not at all. I don't think that that's accurate in any way, shape, or form. And I think that's one of the most unhealthy mythologies that have ever been perpetuated upon the human race. Excellent. Yes. There is not a single caveman that I know of. That you know of. That I know of. Okay. That killed a woolly mammoth on (laughs) On his own. own. Yeah. From the very beginning, we have been people who have cooperated with one another Mm -hmm. and relied upon one another for all the essentials of life, safety, acceptance, sustenance. I could go on and on. None of that came through some kind of survival of the fittest scenario. Mm -hmm. None of it. And if you do your research, you'll find that that's not entirely true, even in the animal kingdom, that a lot Mm -hmm. of animals who traveled in herds communicate in unspoken ways, go to the seas and see the the way in which these pods of fish kind of roll around together and do their thing. It's all about being connected. Creation very much is rooted in this essence of knowing, right, where you belong and who you belong with and what that belonging can translate to in terms of your own personal health and the way in which you can thrive. Well, Adam and Eve. Partnership. (laughs) I mean, really, I I think that's important for folks to know. No matter how you feel about that story, God gets all worked up. Right? Because Adam needs a, needs a partner. partner. That's right. There's never, never, ever a solitary situation. Sure. Right? Even Jesus, when on the cross, claims to be forsaken, you could ask, is he really? Is he really all alone? Who's as, he talking to as, if he's all it, alone? You, amen. As we understand <laughs> the Trinity and the yeah. structure. Yeah. Nice. All right, so the third part of the organizational church is the Lord's Supper. Of course, we have that uh, during communion, and I would offer that folks go back to our podcast earlier on the Eucharistic table to learn about that beautiful experience that we share um, in breaking the bread that takes care of that part. Yeah, absolutely. So we have the church, the people, or the body of Christ, and the church, which is the gathering place for those people, right? That's correct. All right. Absolutely. And I think it's important. To recognize the value of both of those things. One can't be without the other. Both are essential. And both have significant ways of informing us, informing our spirits, but also encouraging us in our lives of discipleship. Nice. Yeah. All right, one last question. Okay, go ahead. All of this talking about what is in your mind's eye when you hear the word church. Why are church doors often red? Oh. I knew, you, you know what? <laughs> when I think of a church, I see red doors in yes. my mind's eye. Yeah. Well, more and more churches are getting away from that when, you know, you think about sort of like present day architecture or whatever, but it's a reality. And there still are lots of churches out there that have red doors and there are lots of homes that, uh-huh. that decide to go with red on their doors. And you can do some digging, uh, but I, I would just reference uh, Dr. Richard C. Heffler who is the Dean of Christ Chapel at the Lutheran Theological Southern Seminary 
And he says that the use of the red door is relatively recent, actually. And not all Lutheran churches have red doors, but Lutherans with red doors view it as a symbol of the blood of Christ to one degree or another. And that then translates even further um, to being this place of safety and sanctuary. Uh, when you think back to that story of the Passover, when the ancient Israelites marked the lintels of the door with, yeah. you remember? Blood. Blood, exactly right, to signify that they were to be passed over, that they That's were right. to be saved in that difficult situation. Um, and so for today, that continues as a sign of sanctuary, as the ground beyond the doors, inside those doors, however you want to look at that, uh, is really holy. And we call it the sanctuary. Absolutely. Right. That's awesome. Absolutely. And I think, you know what, even if you're not running from the law in some Robin Hood movie, um, (laughs) what a blessing it is in this chaotic world of ours to know that there is a place of order. That's a very, that is so true. Where we can go and let all of the other worries and the things that are nipping at our heels kind of be silenced. We can be centered relaxed and wholly present uh, for the worship that's about to take place or the prayer that's about to take place or the study that's about to take place inside those. And you get that feeling when you walk in, especially into the sanctuary. You you just get that feeling. Right. I agree. And I think that's the way it should be. And if you don't get that feeling, there's probably a reason for it. There's probably something going on in the church that needs to be addressed or you you know what I'm saying. Or inside you. Exactly. Could go either way. Yeah. Right. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Pastor Dan, for sharing with us the importance of the church, the people of Christ, and the church as an organization and its membership. And most importantly, gathering in koinonia, which is love, faith, and encouragement with one another. And we thank you for taking the time for listening to our podcast. The next podcast will be from another remote location in Jonesville, Virginia. While we are on a mission trip, the topic idea might be how to avoid tick bites. Yes. (laughs) And also... How to have fun while working really, really hard. In really 90 degree heat on a roof. Yes, that's exactly right. We're going to have some good stories. We'll definitely have some folks checking in at our next podcast. Please uh, join us for worship. We are on our summer summer schedule now. So 6 o'clock Saturday evening, 8 and 9.30 on Sunday morning. Please join us. And thanks again for listening.